When Viviana Cisniega's son, Louis, was four months old, she taught him to talk, not in English, not in her native Spanish, not even by speaking at all. My sister and I, we were talking about kids, and she talked to me about sign language. I started to teach him with this video, and I actually had no idea anything about sign language, so we both learn. What Viviana and Lewis both learned using an instructional video that Viviana found on the web was some American sign language. That was 10 years ago in Fremont, California, where Viviana teaches Spanish to students in primary school. Rewind even further back to 1970 during the Vietnam War. A young soldier named Joseph Garcia, whose heritage is African-American and Native American, is getting ready to ship overseas. And on his last weekend stateside, he meets up with a group of people who are deaf, and they invite him to come to their party. So I promised myself if I ever survived the military, I was going to learn sign language so I could communicate with a deaf person if I ever met them again. Joseph did survive, went to graduate school, and found himself looking for a thesis topic. And I was out running my dog sled team up in Alaska on the Iditarod Trail one night and working hard and sweating. My father said, never trust an idea that comes when you're sitting down. So I just came to me, hey, why don't I just prove to the hearing world that babies can sign clearly a year before they can talk. Now he is Dr. Joseph Garcia. He became one of a handful of pioneers using sign language as a way to help children communicate before they can speak. And by using some of the signs for American Sign Language, or ASL as it's known, it meant that these very young hearing children who had yet to learn to speak words like milk or hungry or hurt were already becoming bilingual. I'm Steve Levine, the host of America the Bilingual, which reports on the bilingual movement in America. Joining me is Mim Harrison, the editorial and brand director for the America the Bilingual Project. Mim, I loved working on this episode with you, especially since I knew absolutely nothing about sign language. Me neither. But one of the things that brought home to me is how there are so many different ways that language can speak to us, even when that language is unspoken. One of the surprising things for me is that American Sign Language is not a version of English, but its own language with its own vocabulary and grammar. And although ASL was, of course, created as a way for those who are deaf to communicate and for people to communicate with them, parents like Viviana and professionals like Joseph Garcia are hearing adults who are teaching sign language to hearing infants. If they're exposed to clear language, as in signs, then they can associate that gesture and that movement to what is happening in the day. They can make the hand gestures. Joseph taught himself ASL and then his two sons when they were infants. My kids had 70 to 80 signs before they could articulate their first word. When you put a muscle memory tactile element to it, you find that young children tend to understand it clearer and better. Getting a child to associate a sign with an object or with something that's going on around them is the equivalent of connecting a word to an object or event. Here's Viviana. The baby was looking at me and I was thinking, what am I doing? 
<laughs> he doesn't have any idea what we are talking about. But then suddenly, when I was almost giving up, Viviana's baby was putting his little fingers together and making the sign for milk. It was awesome. I just get emotional just remembering, you know, that feeling. I could talk with my son. And he was, I would say, close to four months. And there's another reason Viviana was elated, one that I think most parents can relate to. He didn't struggle with, uh, you know, to go to the bathroom. He actually would tell me, so Whoa. I didn't have to spend that much money in diapers. <laughs> wow, that's so a big savings. It was, I mean, see, it was language amazing. pays off financially. <laughs> <laughs> you see? Less, well, fewer diapers. According to Joseph, something else amazing is happening to these little babies. They're navigating through life now. They're not riding the roller coaster of life anymore, completely out of control. Instead, they're influencing their environment with their own inner, internal resources by problem solving, giving that sign. They get the response they want, and that reinforces it to the point where they want to learn more. This is encouraging for their parents as well. So there's a kind of a multiplier effect when you have language. Not only does it reduce the frustration in the child because they can affect their environment, but it also gives the parent the confidence to really go ahead and initiate and do more with their children. Time and time again in his research, Joseph found the same thing when these hearing children did finally start to speak. They had better language skills than their typically developing peers because they had language a year before they actually uttered their first clear articulate word. Dr. Deborah Chen Pickler, a hearing faculty member at Gallaudet University, signed with her two hearing children when they were babies. Her babies were also learning Taiwanese, her heritage language, and Croatian, her husband's. Her son was still in the early stages of learning Croatian when the family went to Europe to visit Debbie's mother-in-law. Deborah had the idea to teach her mother-in-law the signs that her grandson already knew. I taught her a bunch of signs in American Sign Language that he knew, and she would use them when she was signing the Croatian word, and he just sort of fast-mapped all these words on, like he would see her signing the word for milk and saying mieko in Croatian. It was like a ready-made vocabulary. ASL became a bridge between two different spoken languages. Deborah's work at Gallaudet, which is the country's foremost teaching and research institution for the deaf, gives her a special perspective on teaching ASL to babies who hear. They need to be learning from a reputable instructor, and it should be an instructor that has some ties to the deaf community. Baby science isn't just something that's divorced from the deaf community as a nice tool to help parents communicate with their hearing babies. For hearing babies, ASL for infants is a beautiful enrichment tool, but for deaf babies, it is an essential life tool. Yet our society hasn't always provided this tool to deaf children, but has forced them to try to speak based on the mistaken belief that an oral language is better than a physical one. Which is a, a serious and very, very harmful misconception that has repercussions for long-term development. So Deborah's message is that while those of us who hear can benefit from ASL, our focus should be on making sure that children who are deaf have the support they need to become fluent in ASL at an early age. 
We'll be talking more about some of the stereotypes and challenges that the deaf face with our friends at Gallaudet in an upcoming episode. You know, Steve, in other episodes, we've talked about how learning other languages is a great way to develop empathy. Yes, and talking with Viviana and Joseph, I got a sense that a special form of empathy was built between parent and child. So what happened with those babies that the two of them signed with years ago? Viviana's son, Louis, is now 10 years old, and the two of them still sign on occasion. He is fluent in both Spanish and English and is learning Mandarin. And how about Joseph? Joseph's sons are in their 30s now, and even though they don't sign routinely, Joseph has gone on to teach their babies, his grandchildren, how to sign. Viviana shared this moment that she and Louis had one day when he was little, and they were in a park. And I was signing to my child, and at the park there were kids that they were actually deaf, and really? and the, the mom thought that I... I was able to communicate completely, but then she started signing to me, and I, I told her, no, sorry, I, I don't understand. Uh, the mom got so happy to know that my child was able to communicate and play with her son, so language, it opens windows. My father told me to find voids and fill them. This is Joseph. And communication with my children was a void until they could speak. So I filled it. Joseph still remembers one moment in particular when his son was young and signing. I'll never forget the time when my son told me that he loved me. And I had never seen him make that sign before in my life. It brought tears to my eyes. Well, you take your two fists and you cross them on your chest and hold your arms into your chest. And that's just love. It's just like, like you're, and you squeeze your body back and forth a little bit like you're hugging yourself. Well, he looked up at me one time and just gave me those big eyes and just did the sign for love. And it just, I just melted. It was amazing. The America the Bilingual podcast is part of the Lead with Languages campaign of ACTFUL, the American Council on the Teaching of Foreign Languages. This episode was written by Mim Harrison. Our producer is Fernando Hernandez, who also does our sound design and mixing, and our associate producer is Becky Rankin. Graphic arts are created by Carlos Plaza Design Studio. Be sure to check out our write-up of this episode on americathebilingual.com, where we will share some images of ASL in action. Support for the America the Bilingual Project comes from the Levenger Foundation. Music in this episode, Quasi-Motion, by Kevin McLeod, was used with a Creative Commons attribution license. Our thanks to Epidemic Sound for helping us make beautiful music together. Keep connected on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening. For America the Bilingual, this is Steve Levine.